Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that looks at Netflix vs. Cinema, the clues in the title, and tries to figure out which one of them is giving us better value for our money. Which one should we go to? Where should we go? My name is Tozin and I am, uh, well, I'm based up in Coventry in the Midlands. And on the Isle of Wight, joining me this evening are Sean. Hello there. And come make it a triumphant return from the Lurgy, Sharon. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> so glad to have you back. Sean and I were, so, we're oh, saying, oh, my you. God. It was like, we're like, if Sharon's oh, yeah. been taken down last week. Yeah, we were like, if Sharon's been taken down, then none of us is safe. <laughs> yes, I don't. It's year, I normally go years between illnesses. And when I get one, I'm in bed for a week. <laughs> it hits you hard. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I, oh, yeah, a week of staring at the wall. Yeah, but you you were saying just a, just before we started recording that um you uh, due to this to a force mentioned Lurgy, you haven't been able to actually make it to the cinema. No, I haven't been to the cinema, and because I was just not in the mood to watch anything, my eyes were hurting. So I've actually only seen one film all week. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. So, so did, did you find Netflix as a bit of a solace? Like once your once your eyes recovered and you could actually look at something for I don't, I'm guessing longer than five minutes. Yes, I, there was a couple of things to watch. I thought, what did I went? So I, the one I've chosen was, um, yes, I thought it, was, it suited my, my sort of mood more. <laughs> when you sort of feel a bit more reflective and you're a bit, you want, a bit, you want something calm and nothing sort of stressing. So I thought, yes, it suited my, my sort of recovery period. <laughs> All right, cool. And um, so as for anybody who's listening to this, who may maybe you're not as conversant with this, you know, We'll let you know that every now and then, Sean has a bit of a beast week where he just goes, right, there's films everywhere and I'm going to see every single one of them. <laughs> so much so, it's led, it's led some of our listeners to ask, how on earth does he see that many films? Does this man have a job? <laughs> so, <laughs> we've actually had that question, Sean. We've actually had that question. But um, We've had that question. Yeah, yeah. We, we had that question. Yeah. So, so we're trying to figure out exactly how we managed to see so many films that, that, that we do. <laughs> But it, uh, I manage my I manage my time very well sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, I do. And and being semi retired is quite nice as well. So uh, yeah, be, being semi retired. So um yeah, okay, that's cool. So how how have you gone with your film watching this week? Yeah, I've I've had quite a uh, I've watched quite a lot of stuff really. I've watched um I've been to the cinema. They had a special show in a Clockwork Orange, which uh-huh. is uh, I mean. I'm going to be totally biased here. It's it's really strange because you have conversations about this particular film. I was having a conversation. I was working today and I was having a conversation with a few of them. And there was a real, it's funny how different people have different different takes on things, you know. So yeah. So this would be if uh, I think we're going to do a review of this tonight. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna you're yeah. gonna you're gonna because it is and it, and this is one of the weird things as well. It's it's one of those things that. It is something that is available for people to go see in the cinema. So in this whole Netflix versus cinema thing, this is one of the tricks that cinema has up its sleeve. It's like, oh, yes, but have you ever seen 2001 A Space Odyssey in a big screen the way originally intended with Dolby surround sound? Oh, I bet you haven't. So, so I feel like that's, that's one of the tricks that they have to pull people back in. Ah. Because, because for instance, I think... Uh, I'd, I don't think you would have gotten as excited if Netflix said, "Oh yeah, we got Clockwork Orange. You can watch that at home now, can you?" 
I mean, you, you wouldn't have made a thing about it, would you? Uh, as, as what? Sorry, Toe. If they'd done it as a special on Netflix, saying like, for short time only, you can watch Clockwork Orange on Netflix, would you think of it as an event like you would at the cinema? Probably not. Probably <laughs> not, actually. It's a good point, that. That is a good point. It probably would have been, oh, well, I've, I've seen it a few times. Yeah. So if, if I had the time, then, you know, I might have watched it. But the chances are it probably would have just slipped slipped by, you know. Yeah, because I, I went to see the, a Blade Runner special edition one. You think, how many times has that been on the television yeah. even? <laughs> um, but it still felt like an event to go and see it at the cinema. So it is, yeah. I, I mean, we went to see it, yeah. We went to see Barry Lyndon together. That's right, remember? we did, yeah. yeah with those, only, yeah. We, we made up two-thirds of the audience we, for that We film. were, we were, two-thirds <laughs> of the audience, yeah. How good was that? So it's like a private <laughs> screening. So, so also, I'm guessing that it's a kind of thing that, um, but because they've done this, I know you went to see the the anniversary cut of of Aliens. You went to see um, the there's been a what was it Aliens or Alien that you went to see Alien Alien, yeah, Alien. The yeah, just the first yeah. one yeah yeah so I know and, that, and, and they I, did have one of they did have one of the thing a couple of years back mm. so and I think I mean well with uh, with Clockwork Orange '69 I suppose it's. Fifty years, is it? Yes. Fifty yeah, years. Yeah, so it was a fifty anniversary, 50, which is why they've they brought that anniversary. And 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 I think those count. It's quite nice when they do because we can yeah. actually. Well, it, there's a whole generation think, who's never yeah, seen it at the exactly. cinema, haven't they? Yeah. So and some films again. That was a conversation I had with the people at work because I said about two thousand and one, another Kubrick film, and they go, "Oh, that was so boring. That was just <laughs> dull. I couldn't have any got like." And I'm like. It's a masterpiece, but it really needs to be seen. That's one of those you films it, that you've got to you let it take to its time. You have, and it was shot in big pan, ultra yeah. panavision, and and you need to see those at the pictures because yeah. even to be honest, you watch it on TV, even a big screen TV, it's, it doesn't have that same impact. Well, it's not immersive, is it? There's so much your life is intruding yeah. all the time, that's it. and that sort of film, you've got to be able to be immersed yes. completely in the totally. experience totally. of it. Yeah, me yeah, and my brother. So yeah, so so. <laughs> so, so, so back to your original question is um i probably would it might have passed me by because i'd have thought oh i could catch it later because it'll be on again or something like that yeah. but for this clockwork orange when i saw the performance i thought oh, i've got to go i've got to go to the cinema to see this movie you know oh, well. actually it was quite it was quite good toes and about your favorite film we had a conversation about Blues the Brothers. blue we did we did so but i'll tell you about that off 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 air <laughs> what, what, who had a conversation um, uh, me, well, I was at the guys at work and we was on lunch break. And when it said oh, yeah. about, oh, I'd seen a clockwork orange and someone said, and then it went on to 2001 and it went on to, and, and the Blues Brothers came up as well with a couple of people. Okay, like, cool. Because they, they were like you. So it's definitely a generation thing. So maybe if they do an anniversary of that, that'll be, that'll be your turn. Oh, good. If they, if they did sure an anniversary showing of the Blues Brothers, I'll be there in costume. I'll actually, I'll have, <laughs> I'll, you know what I'll do? I will go there in different costumes and I'll change it depending on what scene we're watching. I will <laughs> take a Blues Brothers outfit. That'd be good outfit. to see. I'll take a James Brown yeah. outfit as the priest. I'll take a Cab Calloway outfit. I'll take a Ray Charles outfit. I'll take an Aretha yeah. Franklin outfit as the woman in the diner. I, <laughs> you, I will you change. You totally love that movie. I'll change. Well, I mean, I'll take like a wig. I'll, I'll, I'll take like many wigs and I'll change depending on what scene it is that we're watching and I'll do all the dances in the aisle. That is how, that, yeah. if they did that for the Blues Brothers, that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be an a anniversary shown of the Goonies. Oh, is I, have there? To, I have to be honest. I have to be honest. I have never seen the Goonies all the way through. Oh, right. So, I'm going to make a point of this one, purely for the fact that a friend was telling me, 
well, you'd love the music because it's got the music from the Seahawk and the Adventures of mm. Don Juan. Said so. I'm going to make a point of seeing and Cindy Lauper um, and Cindy Lauper. Yeah, cool. <laughs> oh well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll probably get that reference when I when, when I see the movie. It, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, I have... perhaps you could come as well. Yes, you? could take me yeah, back to I... my childhood. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Goonies thing would definitely be a childhood. It would be like a childhood fix. It would be because I remember seeing that in the eighties and going, "Ooh, ooh, this looks cool." It would, but it's was it the eighties? Am I might not even have been. Am I? I might not have seen the Goonies until the nineties. But it was when I was beginning to get aware of film as something else. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. So nice to know, cinema. If you're listening, that you know what to do. Just keep bringing out the hits. Keep doing, <laughs> and that's why we would go back. <laughs> Give us a reason to go back into the cinema. We don't need to see, well, some of the new stuff we might not need to see. But anyway, let's get on to this week and let's talk about the films that we're going to see. And we're going to kick off with a film that's in cinemas at the moment. And I think this, it's fair to say this is the big hitter. This is the big one at cinemas at the moment. And that film is Shazam. Shazam! Shazam, which as Sharon has already mentioned, only Sean and I would have had a chance of seeing this. And only Sean and I, both Sean and I have actually seen this. So, oh. We have. Yes. Well, I yes, have a we... sort of vicarious connection to it. My brother and my nephew went yesterday to see it. Okay. And, and they both enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, your brother and your nephew have shown up on this podcast before, though, haven't they? There's a, yes. There's, and, and I don't think as of yet they've seen a film that they haven't enjoyed. No, that's true. They tend to go to watch it and they like everything. <laughs> if they don't think they're going to like it, they just don't go. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, so, I, it's, it sounds to me like they're just very, very picky choosers of what it is that they actually go, what they spend yeah. the money on. Yeah, they won't punt on a on a wild card. It's going to have to be so, or something they know that they're going to like before they'll go. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Does Even it have fly people in it? Even if they use my meerkat code. <laughs> yeah. it's like, does it have fly people in it? Does it have explosions? Mm, I think I will like this. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we definitely this have a is... checklist. <laughs> Yeah, this is the latest film from DC. Now, I know that there are still some people out there who do not understand what the difference is between all these different superheroes. But there's two big hitters. There's DC and there's Marvel. DC are your Superman and your Batman. Marvel are your Captain America, your Infinity War, your Endgame. And, and largely speaking, Marvel are to blame for the recent glut of superhero movies. And Marvel are the ones who've been doing well. DC are the ones who have stumbled, shall we say, Sean. Playing catch-up. Yeah, yeah they, I think catch-up's the word. They're trying yeah. to find a formula to, to rival Marvel movies, mm. uh, yeah. and they haven't been very successful so far. So I think yeah. they keep trying to change. They keep changing tack, don't they? Like, really dark. Are we going to yeah. do this serious? Are we going yeah. yeah. and, and they're trying to find a, find a, a, a way that sort of works. Well, well I, feel, I feel a bit vindicated because now they're beginning to go to the formula that I thought they should have done the whole, the whole way anyway. I was like, look at what Marvel did. They didn't try and give you a whole world to begin with. They gave you one superhero. And, and they said, let's make one good film. And if you like that, we'll make another good film. And, all that. and I think DC, after trying to, I think, run before they could walk with Justice League and all that, they've decided, you know what, let's pull back a bit. Wonder Woman was a self-contained story. That worked quite well. Aquaman was a self-contained story. That worked quite well. And now Shazam is a, is a film that pretty much ignores anything that happened in any of the other films it does it does <laughs> it pretty it much does, it, yeah. it ignores it and it goes this is our thing so for those of you who don't know shazam it's all about a teenager uh, an often an often teenager called billy batson who one day as these things happen as you do he ends up meeting a, a wizard 
and the wizard uh, gives him his powers. And his name Shazam is actually an, an anagram, which stands for the S is for the wisdom of Solomon, H is for the strength of Hercules, A is for the stamina of uh, Achilles, Z is for the lightning power of Zeus, A is for uh, something to do with Achilles, and M is for the speed of Mercury. And that comes together, comes Shazam. Okay. And when he's, so he's given this power, so whenever he says the word Shazam, this 14-year-old kid transforms into this Superman-type man who has all these powers. And that's the basic premise of the film. And straight off the bat, I think that this film is a lot of fun because it has a lot of fun with that whole premise. It's essentially like big. You know the Tom Hanks movie where he yeah. wishes he's going to be big and then one night he grows up, he wakes up the next morning and he's big. So whenever he says Shazam, he turns, I, it, he turns it to this big guy and he is a sort of Superman type. And I think the film has a lot of I fun think, with that. It does. Toes, I think there's probably a reference in the there, movie, there is, there, there is to, to there, big. Would you think? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a definite reference to big in the film. And, <laughs> and when that came up in the cinema, I laughed my head off. And yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure whether I was the only one who got it. I, I think I might have been the only one who got it. But to be honest with you, I was laughing so loud I couldn't really hear anybody else. Because, <laughs> but I think I think that whole sequence, that whole sequence. I mean, there's a sequence where they're in a toy store in Shazam, and I think it's hilarious. So I think the film has a lot of it has a lot of fun with that whole idea of what happens if a fourteen year old all of a sudden realizes, oh my god, I'm a superhero, and, and what he actually what he does. So I think the film is it's light, it's frothy. It has a guy who I think is a brilliant actor called Zachary Levi, and he's playing he plays the grown up um, superhero version of Shazam, and I think he is just I think he is brilliant at it. The sort of joy of oh my god. I'm a superhero. Uh, the sequences where they film him <laughs> testing out his powers and putting them up on YouTube, and then he becomes a celebrity overnight and all that. I thought I I I I really enjoyed it. But Sean, what did you think? Well, do you know what, Tozen? Yep. When I saw the trailer, yep, I saw the trailer for this movie a few times, and I thought, I am just this is going to be like one of those films that I'm just going to think this is so stupid and so silly. <laughs> and it just looks absolute rubbish. But do you know what? I totally agree with you. I absolutely yeah. thought this was a real fun film. I, I, to start off with, you know, the first scene, the very first scene before the titles and yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. I was thinking, oh, dear, here we go. It's That's all dark. dark. It's all dark where's, and dizzy. Yeah, yeah. Where's the, you know, yeah. Yeah, where's the cops? Where's this? Where's where's that? All that over nap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then the film just grew on me and I thought, yeah, this is, this is a, a really, really good, fun film. Yeah. And I loved, on about laughing out loud, I like the bit, you know, they're saying that there's things when he's trying to discover his powers and they say, you know, oh, think about it, think about it, really want to do it, really want to do it. And there's a, the bit you can probably think of is, is you know, when he's thinking about getting away from somewhere in particular. <laughs> and I was, I was absolutely in hysterics. Absolutely. I was, and so, and there was a couple of people and we were just, you know, the, you know, the scene I'm talking about. Yeah. I know the scene and we were laughing, we were laughing it. our heads off. Like I was just like, Oh, that is exactly, exactly. I, I assume what, a, you know, 50, just funny, just for 15 year olds, you know what I mean? Yeah, what, yeah. what are they like? It's exactly and, what 14 year old do. Yeah. Man. And, uh, and hilarious Father Christmas Sorry, as well, you know. I mean, it's it's it was. Oh yeah, the, and the father, hilarious the Father Christmas. Father Christmas. Was yeah, yeah, the Father Christmas. He was, was yeah. So and so so I found myself really really enjoying this movie. I thought it was a, a, a 
yeah, really, really good fun. Really, really surprised. And there was two post-credit scenes, which you don't normally yes. get in, in the... So there was two post-credit scenes in this, so which is quite good. And, I mean, you want about Zachary Levi. Yes. was really good. I just thought Mark Strong... Mark- you, you know, like I really moaned about Miss Marvel yeah. hamming it, but he was... He was sort of really, really playing the role, and but it didn't, it didn't come over hammy to me at all. No, no, you know no, what no. I mean, Mark no. Strong. There, yeah. There's actually, there's actually scenes in it where he's quite menacing. Yeah, definitely. But he's, yeah. he's sort of menacing. Like, in I a, don't want to meet that guy in a dark alley. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I was, I, I. Yeah, Mike, Mike Strong. He's a bit, um, uh, Mark Strong. I've seen him in a few films, and I, I think he's okay. And and I mean, I didn't mind him in. Robin Hood was it and oh. Kingsman and things so but there's some things that I'm not really particularly sure but I thought he played a really good part in that and he looked like he was having fun and enjoying it even though yeah. it was quite dark yeah 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 it really did oh. so so, no, yeah, so, so, so so yeah so I ended up enjoying this yeah uh, as I said I absolutely loved this film I, I, I thought it was there were some bits about it that I, I didn't quite like like for instance the Towards the end, it sort of does the it does the oh it, it kind of goes oh yeah we're a superhero movie I guess we should punch some people and it does that a bit I mean it still has fun with that there's there's a bit where they <laughs> okay Sean uh, think about the line where he goes hang on we're like a mile away from each other oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that's it, it, it yeah yeah it kind of it kind of makes fun of the kind of things that happen in superhero movies sometimes and it it pokes fun about it it still has this sort of like teenage sensibility about it which i really really like it i does. mean there are there yeah. are a couple of problems in that i think there's there's the guy asher angel who plays billy batson before he turns into shazam sometimes you kind of think yeah doesn't really seem like the same person yeah when he turns into shazam like the that this guy has grown up and uh, or the, this is the same person in the man. If you go away, I mean, because Zachary Levi, the kid is a bit so sort of, well, he's kind of like kid who's had a hard life, lives on the streets, all that kind of stuff, and um, he he sort of like has that sort of outlook on the world. But when he turns into Shazam, he's just kind of like this. He's your stereotypical big kid in a candy store. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, look at this, look. And I love the fact that it makes fun of the. It plays with the fact that it's in. It's set in Philadelphia, so there's bits because it's set in Philadelphia, and everybody knows that the most famous film to be set in Philadelphia is Rocky. Rocky. And there's a Rocky. Bit, there's, do, a, do, do. <laughs> there's a bit where they reference yes. Rocky that I think. I think the way they do it is hilarious. Um, there's there's this whole thing about the seven deadly sins, and I feel like they could have done a little bit more with that. I feel like because I feel like. The seven deadly sins. When they when they mentioned that, I thought, "Ooh, we might get a little bit of seven in here." And there's one particular scene with the seven deadly sins, which is very, very horror movie. But I, I was bored with that scene. Quite frankly, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever." Mm-hmm. And I, I think I went a little I, bit. I would think I went a little bit shown in that scene. I was like, "Hang on a second, wouldn't the police come up and do something about this?" What's good? He got yeah. <laughs> And but I was thinking like so for instance you have all these things like you have like greed greed just looks like a big monster lust just looks like a big monster and the way that they get rid of people I would I would thought like if it was like a greed thing greed would get rid of somebody in some sort of poetic greed way but no it just sort of like bites him and punches him and all that and I'm like oh yeah well that's that's a bit boring yeah yeah that side of it was a bit of a sideshow really wasn't it it didn't really it didn't didn't really really, I I agree with you on that you know and even like the you know, as statues and things, it was just, I don't know, that, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that one, Toes, yeah, that yeah. got a bit, yeah, that, that, bit, much, that bit I didn't really. quite like, and, and the thing about it is that, I remember reading, reading the comics as a kid, 
Shazam, the thing that always made that for me made him stand out from all the other superheroes is that sure enough, he's he's like, you know, Superman built and he can punch and he can fly. But it was the wisdom of Solomon. I thought, oh, that's different because he's somebody who can punch and can kick and can fly with the best of them. But he's supposed to be wise so he can think his way around things as well because he has that gift. And that never got used in the film. They they no. they, they sort of focused on the Hazam bit. They forgot about the Shazam. <laughs> they just yeah. They just went. Oh, look, he can punch really far. He can fly. He's really really quick. But I'm like, yeah, but he's supposed to be smart as well. And they, there was a bit where I thought they were going to do something with that, and they didn't really do it. But it's it's quite good. I think it's it's got, it's got some very good child performances in it. I think last week I was complaining about Dumbo and one particular child performance that just took me out of the film every single time that child showed up. But in this one, I thought I think I thought the children yeah. were really really good. Uh, and there's something towards the end that I don't want to mention because it's a total spoiler, but I really like the way they handled that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we won't. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't. I, we I can't say that was quite. Well, yeah, it has. We to, can't say. We it, won't say. It has to do with child performances, but <laughs> but that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But I, but all in all, I really, really liked it. I'll give it a four out of five. And and I will totally echo that. I will give that a four out of five as mm, well. Good. Give that a four out of five. Good Ooh. score. Yeah, good start for cinema. Good start for cinema. All right. Um, cool. We sh- let's move on. Let's move on. I'm going to go on to... So now, Sharon, we go on to you, Andy. The sole thing you've seen this week, the thing that that you were in the mood for. Uh, tell us, what was it? What was it about? Well, I went... Um, this was on Netflix. Um, and the film is called uh, Paul, the Apostle of Christ. Okay. And it's a, a, like a biblical epic. All right. But not without, but not without the sort of the epicness of it. <laughs> so it's basically we're not like a, uh, well, no, we're not talking sort of like cast of thousands. It's quite a sort of low key, sort of intimate film about, about the Apostle Paul. All right. So it was something I thought, and I thought, yes, I fancy something that's quite calm, but you know, reflective and thoughtful. So I thought, yes, I'll, I'll stand away from the, the flashy, showy films, yeah. and I watched something a little bit quieter. So I actually really enjoyed this. But it's basically the story of how the Acts of the Apostles, the book, the Acts of the Apostles, came to be written in the Bible. Um, it's main, it was mainly written by Luke, who was a physician, a Greek physician, and a late sort of convert. Um, so he never met sort of Jesus face to face. So he's a sort of a convert like Paul, who never got to see Jesus face to face. And Luke wrote the Gospels based on the accounts of lots of people that have told him. And so he wanted to write down about Paul's journeys and about Paul's experiences so that the church would know about all the things that Paul had seen and done. And so this is about the story about how Paul came to meet up with, how Luke came to meet up with Paul to to get the the, apost- the Acts of the Apostles written. Oh, right. See, I don't actually know. I don't actually know that. It's, it's, um, I mean, is that in the Bible where they meet up or are they just sort yeah. of... No, they do meet up because they, um, do, they yeah, do talk actually... about... Um, oh, right. Okay. Just, oh, my, and often Luke then. dresses his, lots of these things as a sort of start like, my dear Theophilus, I'm writing to you about. 
these events. Yeah. But in uh, what's interesting about Acts is it changes tense halfway through. It, chapter thir- all the beginning, it's like Paul did this, Paul did that, and then from chapter thirteen, I think it is, it says we did this, we did that, because <laughs> that's at the point when when Luke joined in the journeys and I was see. there to witness it. But before that, it was all that he was told about what that what he had done and about how Paul had like travelled from place to place. And I how he, never his, noticed and all that. this sort of stuff. I never noticed that. Did you before. not? No, never noticed that before. It's really weird when you when you do read it in order. If you if you I read the Bible, you sort of sit down and read it. You're suddenly sort of going. Hang on, you don't notice it initially. It sort of comes. It happens quite suddenly. One verse, it's like, oh, Paul and Titus were doing this, and then then we did this, and you think, oh, it changes tense, but it does <laughs> very yeah, mid book. Oh right, okay, that's quite interesting because I mean it is you know I mean you've got the. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, aren't you? And they, are they yeah. different to Paul? Did they ever meet or ever? ever? Some of them did, some and of some did. of them, yes, it was. Yeah. The, the, the Gospels are written over quite a long period of time. Right, okay. Uh, but, but Luke wrote his Gospel, you know, sort of, um, sort of AD 50 t- touch. Right. <laughs> so okay. 20 years after the events. You see, now, now, Sharon, when you're talking about what this film's about, um, have you ever had the feeling when you go, oh my word, someone just stole my idea? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, I, this this probably tells me I, just, I should just get off my butt and start making stuff because I remember when the Passion yeah. of the Christ came out and and I heard like Mel Gibson is making a film about Jesus. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. So so far, so standard. It's going to be in the original languages. I was like, wait, what? It's going to show uh-huh. how it's, yes. going to, it's going to show how horrific it was. What? I was like. Oh my God, Mel Gibson stole my idea. <laughs> I've had this idea for ages about we need to do this. Yeah. And this whole idea of how this thing actually came together and making these people, showing you that these were people and showing you that this is not just like some, it's that as opposed to just being like a fantasy that was come, that somebody came up with, these are actual people who sat down and were writing letters to each other. And it's, and, yes. oh my word, someone just stole my idea. And it's, they sort of layered a bit of it because this protest? is, yeah, <laughs> it was quite interesting because it was. This is a period when Paul is at the end of his life. I mean, this is like the last year of his life. Where before that, he was under. He'd been under arrest for a long time, but he was under house arrest for much of it. But this is when he was actually in a prison. He was in the Mamertine prison, which I've actually been to actually. Oh, and right. I would say, in my own personal experience of Rome, I would say the Mamertine prison was the closest place I came to. I would what I would describe as a holy place. Oh yeah, I've been to all of the forums. I've been to the Vatican. I've been to all the basilicas and the churches. But the one place I thought I felt that it was a holy place was the Mamertine prison, where Paul was in prison. Oh. And so they they captured some of the feeling of that that he was in this ghastly, ghastly place because one he was partly imprisoned in a cistern, which basically filled every time the the tide came up, it was filled with water. And they only put people in there who they really wanted to make miserable. But Paul was in there and he actually used the water to baptise people. <laughs> so this is someone who, oh in the depth of sort of despair, or he should have been in the depth of despair, he was like going, you give me water, I'm going to use that water. He's like, hang on a second, I've got a job here. <laughs> yeah, and he was he continued to baptise people who sort of came to faith in the Mamertine prison. So you didn't see that aspect of it, but you certainly see him imprisoned. But then on the outside of the prison, you see you see um, 
Luke interacting with some of the Christians who are in hiding because this is during the time of Nero's persecutions. Yeah. And so you do see, you know, Priscilla and Aquila, who, if you know the Bible, they, they feature in the Bible. Yeah. Um, who've gathered a lot of group of believers around them. And these are the days like whenever there was anything went wrong, they would just round up the Christians and send them to the games or they would use them as human torches. They'd douse them in oil and set them alight and they'd put their bodies up on on poles in the streets to light the streets. So you do get to see this is the early days of the church where it was a dangerous business being a follower of Christ in those early days. I mean, we tend to be thinking it's like, oh, lovely. They would go to church and sing together. And it was like, no, no, no. These were, they were persecuted. They were hunted. They were discriminated against on every level. And there were, you know, thousands of them were thrown to lions, men, women, and children. So you do see in parallel to this sort of this great work, the writing of the Acts, you also see at the, at the times in which it was in, in that Christians regard been as little more than lion fodder. <laughs> but no, I found it an interesting film to, to look at. And they tried to keep it more historical. You know, they had, um, without sort of, make it too much like the biblical epics of the 50s you know it's like everyone's very glamorous oh, yeah. everyone is like the robe or quo Vardis. this is a biblical story but they've stripped it down to make it more much more real these are real people who who experienced these things they're so quite, it's very good they're, they're quite good some of these what was that film we went to see we saw Risen didn't we together Risen. yeah that was it because I quite enjoyed that movie that, was, yeah. that surprised me I really enjoyed that movie so this might be quite good because it it, they just see, it seems more of a period because, like you say, in the Charlton Heston put his vest on. Yeah. Were, do you know what I mean? They yeah. were like, you know, all it was all amazing. They all yeah. good. They were all buffed up and all that. They're all whereas, buff. Whereas yeah. in these sort of films, there. So. Yeah, and it was a good cast. I mean, it was Jim Caviezel. He's um, back in his biblical days. He plays Luke. Um, James Faulkner plays Paul, older Paul. Oliver Martinez plays um, one of the Roman legions, who's in charge of the prison at the Mama time. Yeah, so I think it was a very good cast, and I think they all played their part well. Um, yes, I, I so I would so summarise. I would yeah, I said I really enjoyed it. It's not a, a flashy film, but I certainly enjoyed it. I thought it was a thoughtful film, a well-made film, and yeah, it it, it worked for me. Cool. All right, cool. So, how many stars would you give it out of five? I would give it a four. Ooh, a four, and that's pretty good four because. Out of five. Because I think uh, uh, sometimes you can get this thing that happens with, uh, especially biblical films, where they get a little bit too preachy, and yes, or they get horribly sentimental. Yes, yeah, mawkish. I'm not keen on film. Mawkish, I would yeah, say. very, yes, and it just it doesn't sort of respond because there's a huge. I think in this country we don't tend to see it because it's not how we sort of the church sort of responds in the same way as the American church. But in America, I mean, sort of Christian films and biblical films are huge. Yeah. I mean, they are, well, they, it's a huge well, to, industry. To, yeah, I, yeah. Um, when I went to, the couple of times on a Sunday, when I went up to Enfield, and yeah. they've got a massive cine world there, well, the whole bottom floor was, it was like the church, the place yes. was like a church, and the whole bottom floor was showing films, and it had different films on of different things for like youngsters, Older ones, and that's so obviously it's a it's a huge industry. Yeah. Oh, oh um, no! Oh, actually, you know, I, like I think that might actually have just been a church that hired the cinema. Yeah, because a lot of churches do that now. Yeah, but they what I mean is the films. See, but they, they have a load of Christian that, that, films they to choose from. because there was like you know, oh yeah, you need and and it was packed, and that, I mean that was Enfield in London, and it was absolutely packed. Yeah, yeah. Packed but I think the, the days of um, Christian films being a little bit wet, almost. I mean, they they get good casts. I mean, I've seen films like with Hugh McGregor have been in films. You know, we 
seen biblical like with Joseph Fines was in the what the prison that we talked yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's they can afford to pay to have decent actors and the high value. So um, these are not going back, you know, sort of when I was a sort of young Christian in my teenage years, all the Christian films they wheeled out, well, it almost like, like a church group made it themselves. You know, yeah. it was, they're very much amateur sort of. Amtram. But now it was very much like that. But now it, they definitely have the money and they, yeah. they, they invest in decent you know, values yeah. for them. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I think I'll tell you what used to happen with me with those films in those days because, because oh, okay, I'm a Christian as well. And I had this whole thing where I felt like, okay, I become a Christian. I'll be like, yes, I'm really, really passionate about this. But I was also really passionate about film. And I was like, and then you, they'll show you a Christian film and there'll be this thing of, wait, am I supposed to like this because I'm a Christian? Because I think yeah. it's a bunch of rubbish. I mean, like, <laughs> I honestly think it's a bunch of rubbish. But I guess we've got to toe the party line and go, yeah. It's the best thing ever. It's a great <laughs> it's, film. It's like it's not. It's, it's really not. not. It's rubbish. <laughs> it's a bunch of rubbish. So, um, yeah. so I'm happy that you that at least we're, they're getting better stuff that doesn't that isn't just sort of like jingoistic or like propaganda, but is actually trying to tell yes. your story. So. Yeah, I think yeah, and to me this this worked. This this worked as a film. Okay. Oh, cool. Good stuff. All right, now we go back to cinema and we are going to talk about the film Missing Link. This is the film that I have seen and neither you, neither of you have seen. I actually saw it this afternoon. Uh, this is, an, it's, a, it's a claymation. So you know how in Britain we have Aardman who do Wallace and Gromit and, uh, yes. and they do, what was the last one they did? Early Man. In America, there is a, there is a, there is a studio called Leica who are kind of like, they, they seem to be like, well, Aardman is the Pixar of Claymation. And Leica's just the American guys. They're the guys who made Kubo and the Two Strings. If you remember that. Oh, know, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, they, I they, do. Yeah, they're the guys who made Kubo and the Two Strings. And they've made this film called Missing Link, which is all about... It's set in... I'm not sure what era India, England it is, but the kind of era that whenever you have people who, like, you know, go off around the world and go exploring and go there with their muskets... And all that. And then they bring them back to like the gentlemen's clubs in London and talk about, yeah, yes, we went over there. We saw the pygmies of Easter Island and this is what we saw and all that kind of stuff. And it kicks off with uh, uh, an explorer who is uh, played by Hugh Jackman or voiced by Hugh Jackman. Who he's, and it kicks off in Loch Ness and he's trying to find the Loch Ness monster because he's trying to get... Um, He's trying to get credibility amongst his peers as a great explorer. And so it kicks off this whole action sequence set in Loch Ness. And it sets out with this character. He's, he's quite pompous. He's quite up himself, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't really care about anybody else. But he gets a letter by somebody saying, oh, by the way, if you want to find a Sasquatch, you need to go here and do this and do that and do that. So he, goes, he follows the letter and he ends up finding uh, a Sasquatch played by Zach, Galif- Gal- Zach Galifianakis. And what ter- and he says, look, I'm the last one of my kind, but I've heard that there's yetis in the Himalayas, and I think you're the man who can take me there. Can you take me to my own kind so that I can, I can be with them? I can no, I can no longer be alone. I can no longer be the last one of my kind. And so it comes up with this sort of buddy movie where they try and they try and get all the way from America. I think they're somewhere near in Washington State, so in the northwest of America, and they're trying to get all the way across the world to the Himalayas. And bits of it feel a little bit old school, like I'm talking like 1950s Hollywood, where you have this whole thing where people have to go here and go get a train and go on a boat and all that kind of, and it becomes this adventure, rip roaring 
kind of Indiana Jones type movie. And I, I really, really liked it. I thought it worked really, really well. I thought that the humor in it flowed. You know, sometimes, um, especially recently, you can feel people pushing and trying to make something funny. And you're like, yeah, mm. it just isn't funny. Stop. Yeah, just don't try too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just stop. Don't try too hard. You're going to hurt something. Stop trying. Stop flogging that dead horse. It's not funny. But this I actually sort of flowed quite well. It reminded me a little bit of, you know, in the best things in Avengers where you're just sitting there watching these characters and you're happy to watch these characters bounce off each other. There, yes. Yeah, there, yeah. there are bits about that in this in Missing Link where it was, you could just sit down and you're happy to watch them bounce off each other. You're just kind of like, oh, look, they're just going, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's saying that, that guy's saying that, this guy's going here, that guy's... And it's quite cool. It's got a brilliant voice cast. It's got, as I said, Hugh Jackman, Zach Galifianakis, Zoe Saldana plays what may be a love interest, but the whole storyline of the love interest is actually quite grown up. I'm like, ooh, oh, that... No, that that isn't straightforward. That's that's and so I quite like the character. Um, Emma Thompson shows up. Uh, Stephen Fry does a voice as well. David Williams is in there. So it's it, it's it's a really good film. The, the animation is great. It's a bit more cartoony than Kuba and the Two Strings. This is very much kind of like you know the proportions of the human beings. You look at them and you go, well, that's not what a human looks like. Those legs are way too long. Oh my God, how high up is his crotch? <laughs> so it, it's quite it's quite but i think it's really really well done it's a very good sort of adventure movie if a little straightforward like sean i know you remember one of my problems with kuba and the two strings was at, two birds, yeah yeah that at some point it felt like they'd run out of money and they just said oh we've got to yeah. end this now <laughs> we've got to end this I, now I, I was, that was a similar thing yeah well there's a little bit like i was enjoying the film and enjoy the film but there's a bit where they do some movie physics they like uh, at at uh but it really uh, i actually i think i ordered to be said in the cinema I was like oh come on don't do that oh come on <laughs> where they they make they go to great pains to show you how difficult it is to do something and then all of a sudden nothing's just done <laughs> it's right okay yeah, yeah. And, and you're like uh -huh. what what but no <laughs> and, and that bit i did feel a little bit cheated and it, but it did feel, but as an old school adventure type movie, I really liked it. I'll give it four out of five. Four wow. out of five, cool. Good. Yeah, cool. And and when you, if you stop for one second to think about the fact that this is claymation, which means, I mean, stop motion. Sorry, this is stop motion, which means that they're actually moving everything incrementally. You can understand a why maybe they just got tired and just like we need to finish this, and b how many years it must have taken them to make this because there's some scenes in there. There's one there's one particular scene in there which is kind of like you know the corridor scene in Inception. Yeah, there's a scene in there that's like the corridor scene in Inception, and you think about the fact that this was done by people moving these small tiny puppets incrementally, like little by you're thinking how long did it take them to make this thing because it's awesome. It's actually one of the best action sequences I've seen in a while. So it's, uh, it's yeah, it's quite cool. It's quite good. Oh, and cool. it's, it's also got Timothy Oliphant in it. For you, Sharon. Ah, uh -huh. uh, yes. <laughs> it's got Timothy Oliphant. From Deadwood. Yeah, mm. yeah, from Deadwood and Justified and all that kind of stuff. I, thought, I know it's an animation, but I thought I'd throw yes. something in there for you to just maybe entice you into the <laughs> cinema. Yeah, to sort of ponder that one. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really random Inception moment when I was ill. Really, oh yeah, really, random. really? yeah, yeah. Oh wow! It reminded me of the film completely. I was asleep and mm -hmm. dreaming. I was dreaming. I was walking down the road, and I suddenly thought, I don't remember how I got here. I was in bed sick the last time I remember. And then I suddenly <laughs> thought, 
I'm still aw- I'm still asleep. Oh, wow. And it woke me up. Yeah. And I remember, and it didn't just wake me up. It like dragged me into consciousness. I was like, it was like zapped into consciousness. I've never experienced anything like it. I could feel myself like being sucked out of sleep because I, I suddenly thought I was asleep thinking, mm. this isn't real. I'm asleep. You must have had a temperature. <laughs> But yes, it's a complete inception moment where I almost felt that sort of sucking, that motion of like being suddenly pinged back into reality. Really bizarre thing. So I had a I had a a a theatrical moment. moment. (laughs) Yes, a cinematic moment when I was sick. A cinematic moment. Oh, they don't just lie to us. Sometimes it's actually true as well. (laughs) Yes, that's pretty. So yeah, I would recommend that you guys go see Missing Link. I think it's I think it's actually it's a lot of fun. The dialogue is really, really good. The interplay between the characters is really good. And it's gorgeous to look at. So, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Um, right. So, now we go back to Netflix and see what Netflix has to go for us. At the moment, cinema is doing quite well. We've had two fours from cinema, one four from Netflix. Let's see if we can keep it up. So, Sean, you saw a TV series following on with our, uh, our rule that if you're going to bring a TV series to this fight, you have to have seen the whole thing. And you saw Love, Death yeah. and Robots. And you've seen the whole thing. Love, Death and Robots, yeah. And and it was really easy to see this whole thing because uh, the, n- none of the episodes are more than 20 minutes long. Oh, yeah. And okay. some of them are only like... Is it not know, like an anthology type thing? It is. Yeah, each story's different. Each story's different and the animation is, is different for, oh, okay. for, for a lot of them. So you've got everything from the 2D type animation to the what what I would call the gaming animation. You know, like yeah. you see really realistic sort of mm. motion capture, I guess, which, you know, they're almost like, it's almost real, even though it's animated. So so you've got lots of different types of animation um, and you've got lots of different stories. So you could, we could have, we could do one of these each week if we wanted to, because, <laughs> you, you, you know, they're totally if different. If we wanted but, to. But, I mean, I really, really wanted to, to, to see yeah. this. So, so I wondered... Um, so I was going to go through the episodes because I've seen all the episodes, you know, because there's some like they're 12 minutes, six minutes. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So you really are just like... They're, yeah. So they're yeah. easy, you know, pops. do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I watch like two or three, one after the each yeah. other and then go away, have a cup of tea, go back and watch another one. And so it's, it's it's a really easy series to watch. Were there any highlights for you? Any particular ones you said, yeah, this was really good oh yes oh yes okay so, um, okay now Sean, i'm interested in this because i've seen i've seen all of love dead and the robots as well i saw it a couple of weeks ago you have yeah so so yeah go ahead go ahead talk about your well I've, I've i've got all the episodes up here so okay okay what i'll do if i if i mention the episode yep. and then I'll, I'll, I'll say a little bit about it yeah I'll, I'll give it my rating you give it your rating and then and then we'll go alternately so okay the, 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 the first one was sonny's edge okay yes. and this Sonny's Edge, yeah. So this this was like a, uh, I, I guess this is what I would call one of the gaming type ones, you know, where it's very much based on. Yeah, it's on, like it's uh, it's like three D animation, almost like three like, D animation. Yeah, Final Fantasy, the spirits within, but it's it's quite dark and edgy. This definitely is not your Toy Story. <laughs> no, that's it. As it, I say, it's uh, Sharon doesn't like animation, but some, no. some of these are quite quite well, good because so, so, some of, some of they're these quite are, adult as well. The animation There's actually some, looks like so, humans. It does, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's, it's, you know, it's that, it's that game capture. This, this is one of those. And yeah, I mean, I really like this episode. We're, we're not going to spend lots of time on it, so yeah. because there's so many to yeah. go through. It's, um, it's pretty much like so a gladiatorial I, I, thing. Gladiatorial thing, yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Gladiatorial 
battles here. Yep. So I'm going to give this one. I quite enjoyed this one. Av- Averagey type one. I'm going to give this one a three star for me. Yeah, same Pose. here, man. Same here. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, like that. Okay, I, I liked I liked it, but yeah, I thought that uh, towards the end when the, when they revealed what was going on, I was like, mm, no, okay, yeah, I thought it was going somewhere yeah. else. I, <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Okay, so do you want to start on three robots? Oh, three robots. Oh, three robots. I really, really like this one. So, <laughs> uh, so, this was, this was, uh, yeah. This, this, yeah three, uh, uh, so three robots. It's, it's essentially it's, it kicks off, and you can see but, as yeah. the story develops, you can see that it's these three robots who are going on a holiday. But their holiday is that they're going to a town that used to be inhabited by humans. So you 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 pick up as things go up that there was a war between humans and robots, and robots won. So there's there's no humans anymore. But these guys, they're, they're walking through this town, which is like a de- it's like a ghost town. There's nothing. It's an else. old city, yeah. yeah. You know, and, oh. and they're lo- they're looking at they're looking at things, aren't they? Like yeah, know, old, old. They're looking at oh, all these things. Was, all these things. This was like, an Xbox. Yeah, all these things <laughs> yeah. that humans right. used to use, but they don't have a clue what they are. So they're so they're making up the, they're making up reasons of what this thing was. And I think one of the bits was where one of the robots they go into a shop and they see a, a like a robot vacuum cleaner. And one of the robots tells the other one, oh, that's one of your ancestors. It's like, no, that isn't. I am not a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's, that's good. Yeah, uh, that one, I really, I really, really like that episode, Three Robots. Yeah, uh, that was, that was okay, one, yeah. one of my favorite. I think I'll probably give that a four. I'd definitely give that a four. Well, you, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, when they meet that crazy cat thing, that's, that's yeah, pretty cool when they meet, as well. When they meet the cat. So, yeah, that's a four star. So, you've got to keep a total of this and then we're oh, doing average. No oh, way. You've lost me already. No, I'm doing a total. You're doing worry. it. I'm okay, doing total. Right. The, the next oh, one. hold on. Can you go back? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. It's written by John Scalzi. He wrote Red Shirts. Well, Very oh, good writer. Yeah, oh, right, okay. yeah, because each one of these ones, like all of the story, a lot of the stories are based on well-known sci-fi stories already. So, like yeah. at the end, they say it's based on a story by X, Y, Z, or based on a story by this person. So, oh, there's a few, there's a few by John Scalzi. Yeah, there, no, there were a couple of um, yeah. writers who who show up over and over again. Yeah, I recognise some of them from science fiction writing. Yeah, yeah. cool. Next oh, one, good. the witness, the witness. That's the one where. She witnesses a, a, a murder, oh. which is watching from a welding. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like you this know, one. The, 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 the cat and mouse game. You yeah. didn't like this one. I didn't like this one. Uh, th- this this one made me feel very uncomfortable. It, it made... Yeah, it was quite. Like, yeah, it was. It was quite. Um, yeah, th- this one was was really sort of quite quite violent and quite. It, it, it was like, not it, particular. It was quite violent, but the thing is, and I don't get this often when I'm watching something, but I started thinking about the sexual politics of it. Because the whole idea is that a woman sees a woman sees a guy kill a woman, and then he starts chasing her all around, and then she's running around, running around, running around. Then eventually, she goes to work, and you find out that she works as a stripper. And there's this whole thing where they're in this strip club, and it's going all, and it seems to be going smutty for the sake of being smutty. And then she runs away from her job, yeah. and she spends most of the episode running around. She's wearing a kimono, but the kimono is blown open, so she's running around the streets of somewhere that looks like Hong Kong, pretty much naked. For the whole thing, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. why? Why did you have to do that? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, was, it's I, unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It's like, why did yeah. you have to do? Why was that there? That what? This was made like you know by some 14 year old yeah, guy. Uh, who uh, was, yes, two thirds for the witness because, as I said, it made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I didn't understand why the woman was naked for the most of it. I was like, and I think it undermined its central central theme. So yeah, so two stars on that one then for the witness. Okay, uh, next we got suits. Which is that where a small community of farmers um, they oh, put on mech suits? To, yes. I mean, this 
this is a, this is a two D one. This is a straight two D animation. Well, one, well it, one. It, it's 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 a two D with a sheen of three D. It's kind of it's it is, it's yeah. not quite like it, it's uh, this one is it's probably one of the best looking ones. It's almost like a comic book come to life. Uh, it's basically yeah, a comic book come to life with um you know and, and some of the uh, invading swarm of, of of aliens are very much similar to something in uh, in another movie. I Starship think. troopers. So, yes. Starship Troopers, or you think about if you think about like um, a quiet what, place, yeah, 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 that type of thing. That, yeah, but yeah, no, this this was quite an interesting. Um, this was quite an interesting one. This one, yeah, we, we like this. Oh, I like this one. I liked it. I liked it. I like suits. I give it a four. Yeah. I give that a four too. Yeah. Okay. What, when the yogurt took over. Okay. That, that was, <laughs> this is probably my I missed one. Episode. I missed one, but we'll go back to that. Yeah. Okay. When the yogurt took over is probably my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Episode. You like this? I did, loved did this. Did you one. like this one? I oh, loved it. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't quite so. I mean, it was interesting. It was funny and it was amusing, but I, I, it wasn't one of my favorites. But well, it was. I mean, it was an okay one. Yeah, the thing is, I, I love it because it's. This is so potted. It's, the, it's. It's probably the shortest one, but it's like you can see from the beginning to the end. It's like a nice clean line. It's lean. It doesn't have any added extra or anything like that, and it's all about the fact that. Somebody, the humans have created this sentient yogurt, and this sentient yogurt pretty much takes over the whole planet and takes over the world. It yeah. takes over the world, but it makes life it makes life better for everybody. That, that essentially, that the world is better when the yogurt is in charge and the humans aren't. So I, you I, must follow the rules implicitly. Yeah, do I, not deviate. I, oh from my the god, rules. I lo- I loved this episode. I I, I, th- yeah. I love this so much. I'll give this a five. I think it was a perfectly formed story. I give this a four. I I, I give that one a three for me. Okay, so. cool. That, that, okay. that gets a three for me. Right, the one we missed out was um, Sucker of Souls. That's the one where the group of archaeologists and they, they, there's that bloodthirsty demon. Oh, oh, the Dracula the one where they're underground. The Dracula one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was all um, right. That was all right. I'll give it a three. That was, yeah, that, that, that one for me just gets a three. That's, yeah. that's pretty much a, a three. Okay, Beyond the Aquila Rift. Um, this is Ooh. the one with Blue Goose's crew. Yes. Uh, they're... About these guys that are on a mission to reach, you know, this, it all goes wrong. Going to space. Yeah. Yeah, spacey this, one. This, spacey one, yeah. It's a spacey one, but it's a spacey kind of like, almost, if you think Kubrick, if you think like a 2001, or you think like there was a George one, Clooney yeah. movie, Solaris. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, very yeah, similar on that one. Yeah, so very, very similar to this, that sort of idea of, ooh, um, what happens when you go out there and when you go into, when you go into deep space, weird stuff happens. <laughs> and stuff happens and, yeah and when when a coincidence happens it's not really a coincidence there's something going on but what is it so yeah i, I really really like that you like this one did you I, again I, for me this was just an average one this was just a three for this yeah, one it thinks i liked it but i'll give it a three <laughs> yeah All right. okay but and, and then we come on to good hunting earliest 20th century china a boy makes friends with a shape-shifting oh Huijing, and the father kills a huijing's mother Ooh, and then you know, a bit steampunk uh, later on. Yeah, this one, it, it's a bit sort of Japanese, sort of feudal Japan steampunk. It's, it's very, yeah. Yeah, kind of like steampunk that. Thing. Even though I think it is Hong Kong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in Hong Kong, but it has that sort of feel about it. And I I, yeah. I, I, I really liked this. I mean, I... I really liked this one. I, I really liked this one. I, I really, thought there were some really nice ideas. Yeah, yeah th- there were some great ideas in it. There was It was quite poetic. It, it doesn't go where you think it's going at all. <laughs> and... And I, I think, right. yeah, I think ideas wise, there's probably enough in there for like a full length movie and they, they pack it into eight minutes or something like that. So yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. give it a four. 
I give that a four. Definitely hunt. You know, definitely give that a four. Um, and then you've got the dump. City inspector tries to convince oh, yeah. Ugly Dave to move out of his house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This 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 was. Uh, it's got some uh, good characters for me, but I'll give it a two. Yeah, two two for me on that one. Yeah. Um, shapeshifters, two close friends in the U.S. Marines. They've got supernatural powers and yeah. they have to fight for their own <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> Like, sorry, Sharon. Are you okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So this shapeshifters one. So basically, out in Afghanistan, there's you know something go on and they have a have a big fight at the end. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's a, it's about if these supernatural beings exist and then they get conscripted into the military to fight using the yeah. using the supernatural abilities. So uh, yeah, I I quite liked it. I quite liked it. It was. I'll give it a three. I give that one a two. I didn't like that. I didn't. All right. think there was a lot original in that one, so didn't do. All right. What about Helping Hand? An astronaut oh. faces a life or death situation oh. after an accident while well, space. Oh, <laughs> oh, the, oh, oh. <laughs> this, this this one is probably the one that made me sort of like cringe and hide behind the sofa the most. It's it it it's kind of it's almost kind of like Gravity, but in eight minutes, it's it, yeah. And it, it is so well done, and I I I've, I really like, it's a four, it's a four. I really like. Yeah, it. that's that's a three, that's a three for me that one. Okay. And then we get fish night. Two salesmen get stuck in the desert and discover that the desert is not what they seem at night. It's weird, it's but like it's camp. beautiful. It's weird and beautiful. Yes, <laughs> it's weird. It's like that, that's another one of the like the two D ones, isn't it? Yeah, really, yeah. That's a, a it's 2D weird. One. It's beautiful. So, it's yeah. fluorescent. It's like somebody I don't know threw up a rainbow. But <laughs> yeah, so that that gets a three for me. Um, uh, yeah, I I think I'll go with you. I think it's a three. Yeah, three, I'm, I'm yeah. teetering between La- a three and a four. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, so that would that be good? It was it was yeah three four nearly four. Yeah, I think yeah yeah same. Okay. That's exactly Lucky, how I feel. Lucky thirteen about the the spaceship number thirteen. Uh, that's a three. You know. That, yeah, that's a three for me. That's basically Starship Troopers. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? it's it's, really. it's very sort of basically. military metalhead. It's the one it's where accurate. all the actors look like their real life selves. Yeah. Like if you saw if you saw a still from this ep- yeah. episode, you would think it's a, an actress called Samira Wiley. You would think it was just her acting. It's, it's yeah, yeah, but but the story it tells is kind of like mm, yeah, okay, whatever. It's like a campfire mm. story. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. So that's just a normal average three stars, I think. Yeah. Okay, now this one we come on to. Zima Blue, a reclusive Ooh. artist, gives a final. This, Ooh. for me, was absolutely, Ooh. absolutely, it's I, a, I really, really like it. It's a five. Classy. It's a five. That's a big five. It's it was five. totally, totally classy. Yeah. And the animation is very, very angular as well. Yeah, this it's, is very very sort of it's very it's stylized. It's very stylized. very stylized. That's but, probably, I think, Zima Blue. I actually watched it twice. Yeah, Zima Blue. It's, I, I was... This, after watching it, I had to check to see whether it was written by Isaac Asimov because it's very Asimov. Yeah. The the sort of like the whole yeah, idea it behind it is very very Asimov and and I think it just ties together like where it starts off and when they tell you about it and then where it, where it actually mm-hmm. ends up and you're like that totally ties together. That totally makes sense. That's actually that was, profound. It, <laughs> it's it, it it's 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 brilliant. I think it's it's absolutely great. Really really that's that's my pick of the bunch. is yeah. Zima Blue, if, you know, good film. Okay, so blind spot. That's just the cyborg crew when they attack the convoy. With, you know, big shoot them up. Big, yeah, 
like yeah. animation. Yeah, Two. yeah. It was no, nothing new there. Yeah. Nothing new there. Um, Ice Age. Ice Age. So this is a couple that they... What moved. did you vote oh, for? Oh, sorry, what did I vote for? That too. I'll give that two as well, yeah. Okay. Um, Ice Age. It's these guys. They move into a house and they open the fridge. Oh, What's yes. that noise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like... It's just like, yeah... Because it's live action to start with. It's like yeah. this live action couple. It has, that's and then Tof, they open Tof the fridge. Grayson and Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then they open the fridge and like all sorts of, whoa, look at that. What's, what's happening there? Whoa. Uh, they, they I, I enjoyed have, they, this one. They essentially have evolution take place in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, that one. I'm going to give that one a four because I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably, I would say like, a three for that one. But yeah, I liked it. Three for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Alternate histories. This is the one with um, oh. <laughs> Adolf Hitler. Things that happened to Adolf Hitler and what might have well, happened if things have gone differently. Yeah, the whole thing is like it tells you about it. It's it's like it's selling an app, and it says on this app you can see what would happen if Adolf Hitler had been killed as a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and lots of oh, different. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Whole, I mean, it's quite quick. It's quite easy to watch. It says yes. this would happen. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. At uh, this series of events, if these things had happened. Yeah. Um, I personally. This I didn't really. This one didn't do it for me. This one mm. I didn't really. So um, I mean, I'm only going to give this one a two because yeah. I didn't really enjoy this. Yeah, I, I was a three on that one. I was like, I can see what they're doing, three. but I'm not. I'm not particularly yeah. like in. I'm not particularly with it. No. And the final one, Secret War, where the platoon of Red Army soldiers. This this was what I call a gaming one. Oh, to me, this yeah, was like yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I, I've, I've, I don't normally play computer games, but I've been around. I've got a friend that plays them, and normally they have this big lead-up scenario before they actually play the game. Of yeah. like, oh, come on, lads, let's do this, that, and the yeah. other. And it's very much that, really. Oh, okay. To, to but, me, this was uh, but in Russia one for the gamers. Yeah, but in Russia, and they're like a partisan group, which um, you know they're obviously chasing these things. So this was pretty standard fare for me. So. Probably a three star. I'd give this. Yeah, I think uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think probably a three. I, I got bored. I, I definitely. Yeah, I did. I did as well. I Tozin, remember... I did as well. That's exactly right. You I thought, oh, come on, what's this going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it mean, really I... reminded me of one of those. Yeah. Those start off of the games before you actually play. But it the sounds game. like it was a proper anthology. There's a, just a bit of everything in there. But Seema Blue, Seema Blue, that stood out for you. That really, really was was. Uh, it's the sort of thing I probably would probably prefer to read rather yeah. than to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I hear the stories, I'm thinking, mm. I think I'd quite like to read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Even yeah. if it's a short story, I quite yeah. like short stories if, they, if they're if they punchy and well-written, but which you have to be if it's a short story. Yeah. Um, so they sound like, to me, like it'd be an interesting anthology to have them write them. Write them, yeah. So we can well, read them. But if, if, you're, if we're going to, I would agree with Sean, I mean, if you're going to watch two, if, I would say watch Zima Blue and watch The Day the Yoga Took Over. Those are the, those are two that yeah uh, yeah, yeah they're outstanding ones yeah they're quite good and they're quite short and they're yeah. nice and easy to watch but yeah. but it would be great I mean yes don't, I might, don't, I might don't eventually watch to watch witness. one or two yeah <laughs> don't watch the witness or any of those watch, the watch Seema Blue and tell me what you think because it is a really really and and I okay. think the animation in it is quite interesting as well in Zima Blue the, yeah you know in yeah. Zima Blue I think yeah right. it's totally different to all the others isn't it yeah it's, it's like a different different type of animation so yeah. So all together, so, yeah. we have given Love, Death, and Robots uh, three point one or three point two. Three point one, yeah, three point one. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. And um, now I think we're we're I mean we're quickly running out of time. People, we we, sure. we need. I mean, I've, I've got to get to a dance class. You've got to go over to a film quiz. Sharon, you've got to go home and have a shower. 
So, yes. so quickly, Sean, what can you tell us about Clockwork Orange? Clockwork Orange? Yeah, it you was went the 50th the... anniversary, yeah. 1968. I went to see Clockwork Orange at the cinema. This was a cinema piece, which I had to do because I really, really love this movie. Uh, we had a conversation at work where mates of me, that was awful film. I didn't understand it. I had no idea what was going on. He'd obviously just seen it on the TV, you know. Yeah. And he goes, that's, he goes, that's typical of you, Sean. You like the arty ones. He goes, <laughs> and, and then we got on to 2001. But anyway, Clockwork Orange, this sort of dystopian future, they decide that they're going to come up with this new cure because there's lots of trouble on the streets, lots of violence. And they, they, they've got this Alex. It's a story about Alex. Gets into serious trouble, commits a murder, goes to prison, decides he wants to try this new treatment to, you know, make him make him better. And then, so, yeah, that's it, really. All I can say is I really, really, really... It's, it's probably old people have probably heard about this film. I personally love it. It probably wouldn't be everybody's cup of tea, but obviously it's going to be a solid... Well, I mean, I even don't think it's dated, so I'm going to... And that, it's, it's, I'm very biased on this one, aren't I? So, I mean, yeah, to yeah, be fair, yeah, obviously. I, I, this, and I think, and I think this you... Gets, you're 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 sort of like you you like Kubrick. You're a Kubrick fan. I like Kubrick films. Yeah, yeah. I like Kubrick films. So big Kubrick fan. Shot absolutely beautiful. Lovely to see at the cinema. What it was made for the cinema. You yeah. know, uh, very visually. He was very uh, much a cinematic Cin- director, yeah, wasn't he? A cinematic. He? You know, and and the music's really great as well. Yeah. Really great soundtrack. So I, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to give this one a five. But oh. it's just because I really really like it. Yeah, yeah I'd pretty but, much already I mean, written five down before you said anything. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> biasness. So, well, yeah. but the thing is, the thing is, I've tried to, I've watched bits of Clockwork Orange, and the thing about Kubrick is, I find, I find him, I know obviously genius and all that kind of stuff, and you'd, you'll be, you'll be hard pressed to sort of like argue against that because people will hunt you down, find out where you live, but, but um, no, the problem I had with Kubrick was I just find he's a very, very cold director, very cold and detached, oh, almost, yeah, of, of from what you're yeah. watching, so. He, you, you, it's sometimes really hard to find something emotional, some sort of emotional anchor to hang on to in his films. And I think Clockwork Orange is almost, especially with the number of scenes where just sort of like white, stark white, where everybody's dressed in white and black and they go into that house where he kills that woman with that thing and it's all white. <laughs> and it's, yeah, so I, I just find, I find Kubrick a very cold director. And I think if you're going yeah. to watch a Kubrick I... film, you have to accept that, that it's going to be cold. Yeah. There's not going to be much for you to get it's, deep into. And I, then you might I think enjoy what, it. I think what it is, is when you look at screen of a Kubrick film, you have to take in the whole film. It's not just focus on the action or whatever. You have to see the whole screen, everything, every corner of the screen. You just have that peripheral vision where you mm-hmm. see everything. And, and it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning how, I mean, obviously that it's very stylized, you know. It's almost, it's almost like landscape paintings, I think, some of the shots. You know what I mean? And and I, it's really came to mind. There's one fight scene in it, and I thought, do you know what? There's that film, The Warriors, and I'm sure the Warriors, the fight in, fighting in the Warriors, must have been influenced by this Kubrick mm-hmm. film. And and he was an influential director. Definitely, there's no two oh, ways. Oh yeah, about. yeah, yeah. I, I think he, but, he's, um, I, th- I think Kubrick is very much a filmmaker's filmmaker. Like filmmakers, yeah, filmmaker, like, oh my god, do you realize what you did there? Oh my god, the deep focus. Oh my god, the tracking shots. Yeah. Oh my god, I... do you realize what he's doing with the chiaroscuro? <sighs> and then he's on scene. <sighs> and most other people just yeah. be like, yeah, but that's it. That's 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 the <laughs> cinema. That's the cinema. Yeah. That's that's the difference between cinema and Netflix. And yeah. I think people have probably seen it on TV and thought, oh, that's all right. You know, it's nothing major. Yeah. yeah. Whereas. Yeah, you can immerse there's something inescapable in the, in about the being confronted yeah. with it. Is Kubrick. 
I think a lot of people, to, to, quote, to quote my brother, would be like, why does it take 20 minutes for a ship to dock? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and, and that's what this conversation was at work. They were like, oh, that's so dull. It's like, oh, you know, but hey, that's what I mean. So, all right, cool. My, most of those would probably have given it a two. Anyway, yeah. And so, I guess it must also be good because the Clockwork Orange was banned for years in this country. For yeah. Probably like almost, it almost three actually, decades. Yeah. Yeah, but it was pulled. It was pulled by Kubrick himself. Yeah. Because what was happening in this country in particular, a lot of people were dressing up and mimicking what was going on. So yeah. he actually pulled the, the, the film. Yeah. He, so, and it wasn't until he, he died that it was actually back in cinemas. That was allowed to be released in this film in any form. All, all right. I really cool. like. I re- okay, cool. So five for that. So, sorry, sorry, Sean. Five. So I'm just, all, right. I'm just all like, I want to get us out here before it's 7.30. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Right. And yeah, the final yeah. film from Netflix is a film called Unicorn Store. This is starring Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson, who were recently in Captain Marvel. But now they're, they're now on the, on the small screen in Unicorn Store. This is also directed by Brie Larson. And this film is weird. <laughs> this film, it is it is weird and quirky and essentially if you don't like indie films and i think most people know what i mean by indie films uh it's yep. like yeah you you will not like this if you do like this you might get into this and it's all about a girl who it starts off and you see her painting a wall and she's painting this wall all in rainbow colors and all that then the camera pans out and you see that she's standing in a gallery and Everybody else in the gallery has painted something like black and white. And she's the only one who's done this whole wall in color. And you see that she's obviously being assessed on this. And these peop- these three people are standing there with clipboards. And they just look at the clipboards and go, <sighs> fail her. Then she has to go back home and live with her parents because she's filled as an artist. Has to go get a job in this place. But then she keeps getting almost very, very Harry Potter-esque. Keeps getting these cards that come through with her name on it, Kit. And they invite her to come to the store because they have what they... And it says things like, we have what you want, we have what you need. So she goes to this store and finds Samuel L. Jackson, who's playing this character that's just called The Salesman, and tells her that... And he says, this is a store where you get unicorns. And ever since she's been a kid, she's wanted a unicorn. And he says, like, you can get a unicorn. Your unicorn will be here in a couple of days, but you have to fulfill a couple of different things. So it's all about her getting ready for this unicorn to come home. And she tells her parents, and her parents are obviously... It's kind of like the whole thing where the parents are like, they, they run with something called Emotion Quest where they help, they help troubled teenagers get in touch with their feelings and all. But at the same time, they're like worried about her because they don't know whether she has any direction in life and all that. And she keeps, but she tells them, no, it's all right. I've got my direction. I'm going to get a unicorn. I'm building a house for this unicorn that's going to come live in my backyard. And obviously they think that she's crazy. So, <laughs> so it's, it's all, of, so is this sort of like weird thing and you're not sure what, as the film is going on whether this is like a fantasy or whether it's something about mental illness or <laughs> as, as you, you just don't know where you're going and then where the film sort of ends up. It, ends, it also has, um, Sean, you remember this guy, he's called, his name is Mamadou Afi. You would remember him from Patty Cakes. He played Bastard the Antichrist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in this but shown off all of the makeup and all that kind of stuff and he plays the, this... Um, this utility store worker who helps us start building this thing, uh, building this thing for the unicorn to come in. And the film is quirky. There are some scenes in it that really make make you laugh, but in a but are very weird. They are they are. Would like, I? I mean, I'm really into my weird movies. So, do you think <laughs> I would like this? Would this appeal to me? To be honest with you, Sean, you don't I, know. I don't know. I think you're gonna to have to watch it. 
I think you're gonna have to watch it okay. and tell me. My my, yeah. my knee jerk reaction is that I don't think you'd like it, but the weird things right. about it, I think you would. So and, okay, and talking about it's oh, on my watch list, so okay. I, I okay. intend to watch that at some point. But yeah. if you're gonna watch it, then no, but that, yeah, we perhaps I should watch it too. Yeah, and, yeah, it'll, it'll so be... I, I'll, I'll try and catch that with them. Because be... we like that. That's really good. Sometimes when we when we watch movies, yeah, that, just from the yeah. recommendation of someone else, you can think, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I would, I'll be really interested to see if you guys watch it what you thought about it. Because I was kind of like watching it, going, Ooh, uh, "Am I getting bored? Am I? Go, do I know where this is going? Do I not know? Do I? Do I still care? I'm not sure." <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you talk about, I know Brie Larson. I know she's won a Best Actress Oscar, and peop, everybody loves her. Uh, but there's there's something about her that I find her a very when we talk about Kubrick being a very cold director, I find Brie Larson to be a cold actress sometimes. Like she has this sort of like aloofness about her, like she's above what she's in, or like I find it hard to connect with her emotionally, like she's going through anything. Mm. So, so I, I, yeah, I, I would give it a three. I'll give it a three. A three star. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, it's something I'm going to check out. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll check that. But I would love for you guys to watch it and see what happens. So. Cool. Okay, so all that's left now is for us to say, who's won this week? And and it's, I mean, huh? this after a couple of weeks, after a couple of weeks when Netflix has been running away with it, well, just about peep, oh, I think Pip in the post, cinema has come out swinging this week, absolutely swinging, <laughs> wow. helped by you know bring wheeling out. It's it's almost kind of like you know when you're playing a game of top trumps. And someone is trying to do all these yeah. things. And someone goes, well, uh, how about Kubrick? Aha. <laughs> yeah, that's I'll true. I'll see your... Yeah. Yes. It's so, nice for cinema to win once in a while, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah no, but... I, hey, I haven't said who's won yet. Oh, right. Oh, okay. okay. So well, the winner, you, okay. the winner this week is... Cinema. Yeah, you oh, already figured cinema? that out. Cinema. Cinema. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. It was just the way you were saying about it. I just figured. Come out swimming. I know. Figured. Yeah. Come out. When you uh, said come out swimming. <laughs> but I mean, if if you if you was to put Zima Blue as a standalone film, I think Ooh. it would be different because I yeah. have to say, I I, I really really Z- out of all Zima, the episodes, that was the one that, that grabbed was, yeah, me. Z- Zima Blue is deep. It's beautiful. It is. It is profound. Class. It is. It, it is just class. Zima Blue is absolute is class. class. Yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. So, um, right now, all that's left is for me right, to go okay. away and try and em- edit this thing together. Now, if you've listened to this podcast and if you have not noticed anything going wrong, then that means I've done a brilliant job. <laughs> because this has probably been the most interrupted podcast that we've had and that includes the one we did live in a cinema where people trying to stop us recording <laughs> yes <laughs> but anyway that's for sure okay yeah so we'll see you guys next week and i think uh and i think in a couple of weeks i'll be back on the island so we could do another one of those but when we're back on yes. the island cool. we will be living we will be only like we will be a couple of hours away from living in a world in which Avengers Endgame has been released. Oh. <laughs> it's at the, mid- the midnight, shall we? Yeah, I think, uh, think the week I'm going to be on the island where we're going to record uh, hopefully another live one is going to be the day before Avengers Endgame is released. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I've already, I've already got my tickets booked. I've got my tickets booked, but I'm going to see the day afterwards. So I'm not going to see it at the midnight showing because I'm now an adult and have responsibilities. Rubbish. So, so so I'm going to see the day afterwards, but I'm blocking all social media. I do not want to hear anything. I don't want to okay. hear anything about this film <laughs> until I've seen it. All right. All that's left to say then is um, thank you and good night from me. 
good night for me. And good night from me. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening.